everybody, and welcome back to Aligning America. I'm your host, Vincent Miller, and let's get right into things. Of course, the only story for today, we'll have a few offshoots, but primarily the only story is going to be the impeachment proceedings and conclusion against the 45th president, Donald J. Trump, who was found not guilty by a jury of the Senate in a 57 to 43 in favor, though not to the 67 that was required for the two-thirds majority. So he will not be convicted and will not be barred from office moving forward. That means he can extenuate his influence in 2022 as well as run in 2024 if the GOP decides to fall back onto him. Though I cannot see that happening, quite honestly, as today, right after the Senate found him not guilty, the GOP, many GOP members, including Mitch McConnell, came out and admitted his guilt and a very obvious correlation between what happened on the 6th and Donald Trump claiming he did indeed incite that violence. So not only did they vote to not find him guilty, they came out right after and admitted that he is in fact guilty. This, of course, is just another show of how blatant partisanship is nowadays that they just cannot vote against their own party. There were seven, count them, seven Republicans who decided they had a spine and voted against Donald Trump during this impeachment hearing. However, they needed 10 more. They weren't going to find those 10 more. I think that was fairly evident. I brought that up a few weeks ago, and I think even mentioned it last week. There was not going to happen. They were not going to rally the votes, and they didn't, though it is worthwhile looking into the seven that did and why they may have or what the history there was. And if it truly was just them being senators with a conscience, who knows? However, there were a few smaller uh, instances during the trial that's worth looking at one to lighten the mood uh there were there were a few instances a few blunders and gaffes by trump's legal defense team one where he kind of went out on a limb and called his city philadelphia and the entire court and the courtroom erupted in laughter that was quite funny as well as uh, at least one reference to ben roethlisberger who of course is not the secretary of state of georgia which is ben roethlisberger it is actually the quarterback for the steelers Of course, that was another moment of comedic relief during this very important and quite consequential trial. Though, moving on to more serious topics, Lindsey Graham came out after. He seems to be the one sticking closest to Trump in the limelight. He came out and said, well, with this precedent now, Pandora's box is opened. And they endeavor in 2022, if they do win back the Senate, Republicans will endeavor to impeach Vice President, not the President, mind you, but Vice President Kamala Harris, wonder why they would go after the black woman and not the white guy. That's a mystery to me. However, they were going to impeach her for, get this, her actions in inciting violence throughout the riots and protests during early March and the summer around the time of the height of the Black Lives Matter movement and those protests falling out over George Floyd's execution in public. That, of course, was not her doing, nor were those protests anywhere near the absolutely abhorrent invasion of the Capitol on the 6th. There were massive differences there, of course, as the police were instigating violence on when it came to Black Lives Matter, whereas it was literally a storming of the Capitol by Donald Trump supporters at his request during the 6th. But of course, she's a black woman. So why not go after her? That'll get the base riled up and it'll be plenty of money flowing in for them. So this, of course, shows what's happened because of this impeachment. While Yes, the impeachment is an important step, quite honestly, assuring legal checks and balances and showing that we do have the teeth to back up the bark when it comes to people who blatantly break the rules. Now, of course, here's the problem. It didn't work. The bite wasn't strong enough and he gets away. Now he turns around and says, wow, if you guys can do that, we can do it, too. And with people like Lindsey Graham on the other side, 
we can 100% expect people being impeached left and right if there ever is a Republican majority. We know for a fact they will turn this on us. And that, quite honestly, should be worrisome. Of course, impeachment should be a very scarcely used tool to punish those who overstep their boundaries and powers within the office of the presidency, vice presidency, etc. Now, we're looking at people who are blatantly telling reporters this is not a he said, she said, this is not in a private memo. This is an open reporter being told that Lindsey Graham and Senate Republicans have plans to impeach Vice President Kamala Harris on the basis that she supported the protests over Black Lives Matter. And because there were violence at some of those protests and rallies, mostly instigated by the police, that is more than enough to convict her for inciting violence. Now, of course, this is a jab and a direct jab at people who were trying to convict Donald Trump for inciting violence at the Capitol, which he very obviously did, giving a speech just beforehand, calling them inter. I mean, it was it was entirely his fault. That much is, is obvious. However, now you have the double standard coming down like a hammer. And when Senate Republicans do retake the Senate in 2022, that is my that is my first and quite honestly, final opinion on 2022. Unless Republicans blunder it enormously, Democrats will not win reelection. Many Democrats will lose in swing states because they have not fulfilled their promise to put checks and money in people's bank accounts like they promised. It went from 2000 to 1400. Now to 1400 with means testing now to 1400 with taxes. It's not going to be enough to win favorability for the Democrats, especially not Biden. Now you're looking at a 2022 that is going to be a massive victory for Republicans. You're going to look at strengthening support throughout the country and specifically in places like Georgia that we just won only to lose it because we can't fulfill the promises because Joe Biden has no spine. We end up with this. We end up with this incompetent governance. The constant joke is Republicans are open about what they want to do and how they want to ruin people's lives. And Democrats just can't quite do anything at all. So here we are. It's it's evil versus incompetence. And Who's going to win? You can answer that for yourself. I'm sure you know it. So now we look at the ramifications for this impeachment trial. You're looking at seven Republicans, seven Republicans that voted. And why would they vote? Why would these people specifically vote to impeach Donald Trump? Now, there are a few. This is our transition. There are a few that are obvious. One, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney from Utah. That one comes quick. And I'll tell you why. It's because he's Mitt Romney. He voted to impeach already the first time around. And of course, he has a very, very heated, if you want to call it relationship with Donald Trump. He is absolutely at ends. He is the most moderate versus Trump, who is the most radical at this point. You're looking at uh, someone who is trying to hold the principles, who's always been more socially liberal than his colleagues. You're looking at Mitt Romney. You're looking at someone who's just not Trumpian. He's not been a populist this entire time. Throughout 2020, uh, 2016 to 2020, I should say, Mitt Romney was always opposed to Donald Trump's agenda. It is quite impressive to see him stand by his principles for so long. He, of course, is not bent to the national GOP as the state GOP has his back, being mostly Mormon and mostly white. He has the support of the people and the populace. He's not going to lose his seat. He's very safe. So he can make bold statements like this. He can make bold positions like this and stick to them. So his is somewhat obvious. You've got others like uh, Richard Burr out of Northern Carolina. Uh, He is not running again. That is what I'd like to preface this. He says he is sticking to his principles, sticking to his guns. That, of course, may be true. However, he has no skin in the game. He is leaving. He's already accepted that he is not going to be running for reelection. Therefore, he has no reason to not do whatever he pleases, quite honestly, uh, unless he owes somebody something. But the fact that he is willing to impeach shows that he is probably not. 
Uh, another one, Pat Toomey out of Pennsylvania. He is not running again. So, of course, his, his vote is probably on conscience. And he has no, quite honestly, no one pulling his strings at this point. If he's leaving, he's leaving. He's willing to do whatever he'd like. Uh, then you have others such as Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. She actually had a difficult re-election campaign in terms for a deep red state like Alaska. Her favorability was plummeting. So she needed to at least make a large statement. Does that mean move left, move right? That honestly could have been on her for either. However, she decided to move left, of course, to essentially secure. Of course, she has uh, she's up for re-election 2022. So she really needs to shore up those poll numbers. She's been having a tough time for the past semi-decade, so it's not looking great for her. This was her last ploy to make national headlines and attempt to at least increase favorability amongst her voter base. Will it do so? Who knows? Then you look at people like Ben Sass of Nebraska, who, of course, was famously braided by Donald Trump on you know national stage. This, of course, would foster ill will, and I can see why he would be comfortable sticking to his guns and conscience if he felt like he has nothing owed to Donald Trump or that section of the GOP. So his vote makes somewhat sense. Susan Collins of Maine, of course, she is always having a difficult time. Recently, of course, in 2020, she was up for re-election, only winning by about 4%. That means that, yes, while she has a somewhat safe seat in a purple state, somewhat purple at any rate, uh, she is holding her red seat and probably will with a move like this. This was a an electorally smart decision by her, probably shored up her favorability and increased her chance of re-election by a good amount. This was what I would consider a calculated and good political decision. Then you look at people like Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, once again, a purple-ish state, definitely red. However, there are Democrat strongholds within the state. This was a smart move. Again, I do not think he's in danger this upcoming re-election, so I think he will be fine. And this was, again, a, a vote on conscience, a vote on at least some level of, of sticking to his principles. In fact, he quotes his own introduction speech to the Senate saying that he claimed that he would stick to his guns and that he would vote even against the partisan landslide. And here he is doing just that, holding the president accountable. So good for him for sticking to what he actually promised voters, which is not only impressive, but rare. And so hats off to him. With these seven, you look at these seven and you say to yourself, that's all? That's all seven? With people like Lindsey Graham and even Mitch McConnell admitting his guilt and then going on to say, oh, but I voted non-guilty because that would look disastrous for the party and that would remove my fundraising mechanism for the next four years. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. And there's not only Republicans to blame here. As you look at Senate Democrats, they won their vote to call witnesses and then to decided not to. Hours later, they, of course, called the vote and lost, expected by everybody. So why? Why wouldn't they? It's a good question. They claim, of course, that it would have taken too long, would have strung it out too much. People would have lost their their patience and, and the trial would have dragged on needlessly. However, I disagree with that statement. And I think most people do. It seems like an easy cop out and not wanting to put a lot of skin into a game they knew was a losing one. So, again, it's really just cowardice on the Democrats side. And of course, it always seems like they bend over backwards. You have people like Nancy Pelosi coming out and saying we need a strong Republican Party. It's good for America. Is it, though? Is it when they do things like this? That is the question. Is it right for people who are, quite honestly, not fit for politics anymore? They have aged out of politics. If you look at Nancy Pelosi's age, she is too old to serve public office, much like I believe Joe Biden is too old to serve public office. I understand it is ageist. I understand that this is not the most, uh, how do you say, safest view of the, the situation. She is just 
too old. If I was 78, I would not be anywhere near public office. That is ridiculous. If you are that old and clinging to power, there's something deeply wrong, not necessarily with you, but with your obligations to be it lobbyists or private corporations or private donors. You've got problems. You have serious problems. And of course, Nancy Pelosi has already filed for reelection, though this could be a monetary and fiscal policy that she is trying to keep her campaign donations coming. However, it's just a bad look. You look at these people and and it's it's no longer her time. And if you're going to make statements like that in the 21st century claiming, yes, we need a, a strong opposition party. No, you do not. Not when it comes to this, when when the opposition party stands for being maskless in a pandemic and stands for presidents who openly call for insurrection and then cover it up by literally doing nothing and then getting away on a 57 to 43 vote. If that is what you call a necessary opposition for a healthy system of, of a duopoly in the United States, you're wrong. And the minute that ranked choice voting comes out, I cannot wait to see all of these people leave office. It will be the greatest cleanse the United States has ever seen. It'll be the greatest upheaval in United States politics that we have ever seen because holy God, it is getting unbearable these days how much these people play smoke and mirrors in front of our faces just to turn around and admit what we all know, just for Mitch McConnell to admit that he was guilty, for Lindsey Graham to admit that Kamala Harris is going to be going after uh, or, or is going to be the target of Republican attacks just because of her affiliation with Black Lives Matter, for people like Ben Sass to have uh, you know, a controversial opinion in that he voted to convict and now he is most certainly under scrutiny by his state party. He's most certainly going to be voted out next time he's up for re-election. I mean, these are these are ridiculous standards that we are holding uh, so low that it is almost impossible to comprehend how we cannot have better politicians here. It's just ridiculous. And when national issues really do decide people's lives like this pandemic quarantine slash economic crisis, when it when it comes down to it and you have people working on smoke and mirrors impeachment like this and can't actually push it through when you're going to commit to this and you can't actually do it and you know you can't do it from the start, but it's a great way to busy yourselves without helping other people. That's ridiculous. It's getting absolutely ridiculous. And so I cannot wait again. I cannot wait to see the fallout from this. We know for a fact that Republicans are going to rebound in 2022. I can just I can see it already with actions like this, if these stimulus checks do not go out sooner, we are going to be in massive trouble. And of course, uh, I hate to ramble here. I just find it absolutely inexplicable why these people are still in office. I urge you to vote any chance you get because this is this is becoming untenable. And you may say it's been like this for 50 years, but yeah, it has been like this for 50 years or so. And we're finally starting to reap the rewards of our incompetence. We're finally starting to reap the rewards of a government that cannot deal with anything, much less a crisis or multiple crises at the same time. We're, we're seeing that. We had a peace and serenity from the 70s onward until now. And you, you may say, oh, uh, think about 2001, think about 9-11. Yes, but that was a foreign conflict. That was as easy as signing a massive check and sending a bunch of young boys to die in, in foreign countries that they can't point to on a map. That was easy. That was really easy, especially with a national tragedy to back it up and to basically foolproof any and all criticism. That was easy. But now we're all facing it at home. We're all starving. We're, we're not going to make rent. You've got people uh, coalescing in, in these cities. You've got people with massive unemployment. You've got people who need those checks. But of course, those checks are coming out 
with your 2019 tax returns. So if you're doing well, then you're not getting anything now. Unemployment is, of course, stagnating because we can't afford to write checks for these people that we can afford to write $85 billion contracts, arms contracts to places like Chile. Great. Perfect. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad we can save those $85 billion for Chile, but we can't work on it for ourselves. That's ridiculous. That's that's actually asinine. So again, I'll close here by saying, yes, the impeachment, I, I, I would have voted to convict. I think it's rather obvious. It's, it's rather point and click, all things considered. There's obvious proof for what he did. He denies it and everyone else on his side denies it, but it's very obvious that he did it. And with at least a, a, a bipartisan, I mean, seven is not enough. However, it shows that it, it is true to some extent. If seven people with personal grudges against Donald Trump, or at least those who are immune to any consequences of the vote, have showed that they believe that he is guilty, that shows, at least in my mind, even a little bit, that somewhere in my mind, I know that these people understand the ramifications of what's going on. And I, I, I cannot believe that this is how the impeachment ended. I, I can believe it. However, of course, I don't want to. This is, of course, how it ends. And and it's all just been a wonderful distraction from the reality on the ground of people struggling, of of thousands and, and soon to be millions of people struggling in the United States. Uh, I just, I, there are no words. There are no recommendations at this point. Uh, it's a lost cause. I do not think that, you know, the world is ending even with language like this, I do not think the world is ending. I do think, however, that there is serious restructuring that needs to happen, and it's not going to happen under Biden. It wasn't going to happen under Trump, and it won't happen if he if he runs in 2024 and wins again. It's not going to happen then. Uh, I do worry about the vindictive partisan attacks that are going to arise in 2022 when the Republicans regain the Senate, or even worse, 2024, if Donald Trump wins. By God, who knows what will happen? However, all things considered, uh, it, it's been a very eventful and historic day, and it's something that we will all have to contemplate moving forward. There isn't much that I, I will leave you with. However, it's it's important to keep in mind how historic these events are and to stay constantly informed to make sure you understand what's going on, when, when it's going to happen, and what you can do to help. My primary and, and really my only advice I can give you now is vote. If you don't want things like this happening again, just vote. It's the only thing you can do. Do not storm the Capitol. We saw how well that worked. Just vote. End it, please. In 2022, if the Democrats can hold on, that would be a miracle, in my opinion. Uh, we will talk more next week about 2022 and the chances of 2022 and what may happen then. Who specifically is up for re-election and, and who is running against them? And we'll look into more local races as well, like Louisiana, the governorship there, the governorship in Arkansas. There's there's interesting races coming up. So we'll talk about those more later. But again, vote, stay conscious, stay stay informed, and, and do your best to be a citizen in the United States, the Republican United States, as we, we really do have problems here, and it's going to take us all to fix them. Thank you for listening through to the end. We'd really appreciate it if you check us out at Aligning America on Instagram and Twitter. And if you really enjoyed it and want more content like this, be sure to head over to our Patreon to ensure we can keep putting out episodes, changing hearts and minds one podcast at a time. Thank you.